Um, we're going to go this evening into the, the book Proverbs. Um, we're going to go to Proverbs 25. And um, I'm going to hand these out to the folks here. I think we've got enough. I'll give them. Give, I'll, I'll keep them. Yeah, I'll keep them. Better keep. I better. I got it digitally, but you know how that works. <laughs> Can't believe it. And what we've got here is basically a kind of an outline or a study that, uh, again, one of my favorite commentators and, and, uh, and, and uh, uh, writers, uh, Warren Wearsby, put together on Proverbs 25. Um, there are some lessons that he's pulled out of here that I thought we would take a look at tonight. He's, he's kind of jumped down through Proverbs 25 and isolated certain verses and, and broken into some lessons that we can talk about and study on uh, on patience and privacy and wisdom and gentleness. And if you flip over to the back, you see it continues on with kindness and uh, and with self-control. And, uh, you know, I had the opportunity to, to use book Proverbs in the preparation for last week's message. And uh, it's kind of been, been fresh on my mind here, some of the things in Proverbs. And I thought it would be a good opportunity for us to get together and discuss some of it tonight. And so that is what we intend to do. So let me get this. All right. So Proverbs 25 is uh, so it is typically titled more more Proverbs of Solomon. So these are uh, was there enough Dale? Yep. Okay. Ron, Linda, or Sharon? So well, that's that's if anything good. Breaks out over there. You changed your name to Sharon? I didn't know that. <laughs> Sorry, it was a dumb joke, but I had to use it. Uh, so. The uh, and, and James, by the way, I could not get that out of my head. What you told me, I should have said Sunday. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it is. It is. It is hung on there. James said Sunday, if you were here for the message, when I went down the list of all the things that a fool, uh, that it says that are are uh, uh, the properties of a fool in Proverbs, he said, when I got to the end, I should have said, I pitied a fool. <laughs> and he said it would have been a cheap laugh, but it would have been worth it. And he's right. I wish I'd have thought of it. <laughs> I wish I would have thought of it. Especially the last one, the fool hates his mama. Oh, I know. Yeah. I mean, I the, fool. the fool hates his mama, and I pity the fool. Yeah. <laughs> I, it just would have worked. But <laughs> it would have been perfect for my Next time you preach, I'm going to the material. Yeah, I, well, I appreciate that. Well, but see, now what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep that in my back pocket, and if I pulp it, fill anywhere else, and I happen to pull that sermon out, oh, okay. if it feels right, I'm going to add it in. Okay, so it'll 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 get there someday. So <laughs> it'll get there someday. So let's let's take a look here just at the intro that Wearsby writes. Wearsby starts off, and what I passed out here, talking about the fact that there is something such as righteous anger. And he talks about here that righteous anger is something that exists when we have anger against sin, but not the sinner. So let, let me read this first paragraph on what we handed out. It says, we must notice from the start that there is a righteous anger against sin that itself is not sinful. And he references some verses here in Proverbs 25. It says, verse 23 teaches that an angry look will silence a gossip. Jesus looked around, looked round about on them with anger. We see that in Mark 3, 5. And Paul advises us to be angry and do not sin in Ephesians 4, 26. Of course, we should, we should be angry at sin and not at people. 
Proverbs 27, 4 warns us that anger is cruel and outrageous. It can lead to physical hurt and even murder, as mentioned in Matthew 5, 22. Angry parents can permanently wound the body and emotions of a child. Sinful anger is of the flesh, teaches us in Galatians 5, 19 through 21, and does not accomplish God's will, James 1, 19, 20. Satan can work through our angry words and attitudes, so God warns us to put off anger. An angry person is a dangerous friend, and an angry woman makes a poor wife. Um, let's talk about what he's what he's saying here for just a little bit. It's I've always taught that it is very difficult for us to be able to recognize true sinless anger. Because when God was when God is angry, it's always sinless. His indignation is always righteous because he doesn't sin. So he never gets to the point of a sinful anger. For us, I'm not sure that I know when my anger is truly sinful and when it isn't. Because I cross the line fast. I can get worked up in a heartbeat. And, and once I get worked up, I don't know that I can, I mean, even if I'm not aiming my arrows at, an, at a particular individual, I can get really worked up about an issue. I can get worked up about something that's going on in the world. I can get worked up about politics. And I think it's difficult for us to notice where that line really lies. And so I want to talk about that before we actually get into the, the remainder of what Wearsby has worked out here, because he kind of leaves us hanging, if you will, here. He says we have to notice that there's a righteous anger against sin that is not itself sinful. But how do we know? What are your thoughts on that? Anybody want to contribute? Well, the <clears throat> when Jesus became angry with the at the temple when they were the money changers, money changers, and turn the tables over, and some people would say, "That's not." Yes. <laughs> so, so let so think about that. I mean, you would think that if you or I were doing that, that that might be a sinful activity. I mean, we might get to that to that level. So, what is it that makes it sinful, and versus? Righteous. <laughs> we know that when Jesus did it, it was righteous. But how do we know? Other than the fact that he did, it, he never sinned. That was his father's house. It's all like he had the right to do. Okay. Not our house. Okay, yeah. Uh, I, I, I can see that. So we can't turn the table over. Yeah, we can. <laughs> I mean, you, you look at what, what Wearsby writes here. He says that that um, he talks about parents, and he says that that parents can uh, can can wound. Uh, I'm looking for angry parents can permanently wound the body and emotions of a child. You know, one of the things I used to used to teach some of the folks who were um, in Awana, we would talk about. You know why it was so important for a parent to be the the number one spiritual guidance for a child versus the church. It's a, it's great that the church is involved, but we shouldn't take the place of the parent. 
So if we can, we need to figure out how to reach out to the parents and get the parents to talk to them because parents have the more, even though they feel like they may not have any control at all, they really have the most influence over their children over anybody else. Because if a, if a child goes to school and somebody at school looks at them and tells them, you're ugly and nobody's ever gonna love you, it means something totally different than if that child comes home and a parent looks at that child and says, you're ugly and nobody's ever gonna love you. If a parent does nothing but criticize, then they're gonna have a low self-esteem and- No question. And, uh, so part of discipline is showing love and building, building them up. It is, it is. And, there's a, and there, there, and there really is a fine line between when we get angry as parents, how we let that anger, Zach one time shot me in the back of the leg with a, with a, a, a air, airsoft gun. <laughs> I banned him from using it for two years, mind you, but that's another story. And, well, it's kind of the same story, but I was <laughs> I was standing on the front porch and and I'm doing something there, working on something. I forget what it was, and I felt this sting in the back of my leg. And I turned around, and my exact words were, "What the heck did you do?" And he knew when I said "heck," something was wrong. <laughs> and he came over, and I said, "When you put that target up where you put it, I said, did you pay attention to your backdrop?" No, I said, and what's one of the first things we talked about? What's, you know, I'm going down the list of all the things we've covered when you're shooting, what you're supposed to do. And he says, no, I, I just, I didn't think, I didn't realize that it was gonna go through that piece of paper and fly over here and, and hit you in the back of the leg. Now he wasn't very old when he, when he did it. But about a week later, there was a sermon here at church on anger. As we were driving home, he started to preach to me about how I shouldn't have got upset with him over that. <laughs> he started to turn the tables a little bit to try and explain to me why I was in the wrong for getting so angry with him. Now, I didn't take that all that well either, so we, so we had to get through that. But to some extent, he may have had a point because I, I don't know that my anger was righteous at that moment completely. I was pretty doggone upset. And so it's, I think it's easy for us to cross a line and not realize it. And, and so one of the things that we're gonna talk about here as we go down through these points of patience and privacy and wisdom, et cetera, is the idea that before we react to any situation, and it's difficult to do, to make the decision that we will stop, take a breath, if, and even, even just walk away and pray about it and try our best to get in tune with the Holy Spirit's guidance for how we should handle that situation. And that's really some of the points about Proverbs is that you know, we've discussed in, in this setting many times, and we've also talked about it in our Sunday school class that we have here, that when you, know, when you are a mature Christian, there's a certain level of meekness that you should be exhibiting. And so that meekness should be winning out over the anger. And so 
It's hard for us to do, but I, I, I really believe that what Proverbs is teaching us here is that we need to, to stop, take a moment, and search how should we really respond to this and try to suppress that anger that's, that's coming out. And that's just not always easy to do. Um, and, and I mean, I've had, I've had plenty of situations dealing with business and dealing with people who are just unreasonable where you get to a point and you go, you know what, I've just had it. And, and, I, and I, need, I need to put an end to this right now. And, and so you become forceful. And in that situation, you, 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 do, you, you say some things or you get a little, your, your tone gets to a point where you're, you look back on it and you go, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Had I, had I stopped and prayed about it and thought about it before I did it, I might have handled it differently. And I've had to say I'm sorry many times. And uh, I had to say I'm sorry two nights ago because I got really angry. And I was, my, my level got high. And, and I, I apologized. But, you know, it happens. Comments above and beyond that before we get into reading some more things here. James, you look like you had something to say a minute ago. but Well, I just want to thank God for helping me because I, I don't get mad anymore because it's really not worth it. Because they used to get sick and it's not worth it being sick over being mad. And I just kind of, yeah. I, I, I don't want to be in those situations too now I find that I find that uh, that I have the and, and we've talked about this before when it comes to witnessing and everything else. I have the shortest views with the people I care the most about because when they can't see, meaning my children, really, when they can't see. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, we don't get into fistfights or anything like that. But but I feel myself, you know, building up quickly when I'm trying to make a point to my children and try to get them to see what they're not seeing. And I, I'm sure that to a certain, you know, certain extent, a lot of folks here can, can you know, sympathize with that, if not empathize with it. Um, but it's, but I could be in the same situation with someone that's, that's not a, a child of mine, maybe counseling here at church or whatever it may be, and they're sharing what's going on and, and, and I have a whole different attitude. It's a whole different level of calmness. It's a, it's I want to hear what you have to say and let's talk it out and let's you know, and I want to disciple you. I want to work with you. But when it comes to people that that are really really close to me, I have a hard time with that. And that's that's just the that's, that seems to be the way I'm wired. And uh, I don't know. Any, can anybody else relate to that? Because if not, I'm really starting to feel awful right now. I want to be clear on that. So. Exactly. Like when I walked in here tonight, Seth didn't sit here. I'm like, okay, Lord, thank you. So I was really mad at my brother. I'll share with you tonight when I walked in here. I'm very angry at him. Still, so I'm working on it. But it's like, okay, this is for me. This is for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, Lord. I hear you. But yeah, very frustrated. Like, like Jane said, though, that is a good point because you know I think the anger too is for it makes us sick. And it does. Our blood pressure up. So it's a health thing too that we shouldn't do it. Yeah, it re- it, it really does. I mean, I, if, since I since I got the Apple Watch that tracks my heart rate, um, I've I've been able to tell. Um, 
it's funny because I'll, I'll close my move ring. Clearly, it goes off of off of my heart rate to some extent. On the days when I have the most pain in my leg, the move ring closes faster. And it has to be because the pain is, you know, raises my heart. And the watch thinks, oh, you must be doing physical activity. And I'm going, no, I'm just miserable. So, <laughs> well, let's look at, uh, at, at uh, Proverbs 25. Uh, Jim, we're just gonna read verse eight to kind of kick off here because this, this outline kind of skips down through things, but we'll use this as a guide here. Um, verse eight tells us, do not, do not hastily bring into court for, for what will, my goodness, for what will you do in the end when your neighbor puts you to shame? So there's a, there's a lesson here of, we kind of want to take news that we find or issues that we find and attack them quickly. This is one of those things where, if you look at what Wearsby says, he says, the minute we hear something that disturbs us, how easily it is to become angry and to rush into the matter without thinking or praying. He says, the wise thing to do is to think the matter through and wait upon God. This does not mean that we look for an excuse to pass over some sin, even though love does cover a multitude of sins, Rather, it means we act prudently, knowing first what is involved. It is a wonderful gift of God to be slow to anger. The person who is quick to get angry will deal foolishly. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it only causes harm. That's what it says in Psalm 37, eight. So before rushing into a matter, stop to pray and to think. Take time to read God's word and to allow the spirit of God to give you inward peace. There is a lot of wisdom in the statement, sleep on it. When you wake up in the morning, when God's graces are truly renewed, as we know that they are, things have a way of looking different. Things have a way of of not seeming quite as heavy as they did the day before. When you go to bed that night, that thing you're talking about looks like a mountain. It doesn't, yeah. And when you wake up the next morning, what was I so worried? What was I so, yeah, yeah. Why was I so upset over that? Yeah, yeah, there's, there is something that, I think there's, there's something that happens as, as time goes on throughout the day and we, we let things weigh, weigh upon us, that the, the, smaller, the smaller the itch, you know, the, the worse it feels when we've been scratching all day. And, and there's, there's something to setting it aside and not just sleeping on it, but, but pray about it and give it to God. Um, you know, I had, I had something that was bothering me not all that long ago that was literally keeping me up. And, and I, would, I was telling Ann, I said, I was up, I, I went to bed and I slept two hours and I woke up and it was just heavy on my mind for a good three to four hours. I couldn't sleep. I'm wrestling with it. I'm going back and forth, back and forth. I'm praying about it over and over and over. And I finally fell asleep. And when I fell asleep and I woke up, it was all gone. It was, I mean, literally was as if 
the whole stone had been lifted off of my shoulders. And it was such a wonderful feeling and it was, and I, w- I was so grateful and so thankful. Um, and so I think the combination of doing what Wearsby tells us to do here, saying, take a minute, realize what the scripture tells you about the act of getting so angry so quickly and reacting when that happens. Proverbs says you're full. And you know, my mom, when I was growing up, she would never let me use the word fool. To her, fool was a very bad word. And to her, it was something that when, when you called somebody a fool, it was a heavy insult. And it's in, in, in our, our society today, I'm not sure that it, it, it carries that much weight, but in the Bible, it still does. And it still should when we read about it and realize that scripture is referring to someone who does this as a fool. If we find ourselves in that situation, we should heed those words to say, this is a foolish activity and we should back away from it. And it's a challenge. It's a challenge. But sleeping on it is not a bad, it's not a bad piece of advice. Anything else there before we move on? Are you referring to times where you get mad and like you're stewing or someone is making you angry at the moment and you're dealing with them face to face? At this point, for, for, for the references right here, it's those split second decisions. Because that you don't, well, I was going to say you don't have time to always think and pray, but you always have time to do that. Well, and, that, and that's the point, right? Yeah. You should have to prepare yourself ahead of time mentally that if I'm in this situation, but you don't know when they're going to pop up. You don't know when they're going to pop up. And, and, and I, I, I'll, go back to, I'll go back to Tim Walter's prayer when, when Tim would pray about what, when he needed to learn a lesson from God, which was quite regularly he would tell me. Um, he said he would start off with, God, you know how dumb I am. And then he would follow it up with, please help me with whatever it may be. And, and because he knew that his, his, his sinful nature, that his human nature that he's constantly fighting and battling against as a Christian is always trying to rear its ugly head and get in the way. And, and one of our challenges is to, to have a mindset that is toward God. And really, that's the whole point. If you break down everything that's in the book of Proverbs, the core that is in the book of Proverbs is simply that this is all about God. Everything. You can say that about every book of the Bible, really. But, but there's a, that's, that's, oh my goodness, which one is it? I forgot where it is now. There's one of the Proverbs, and I'll, I'll paraphrase it, where, uh, where the writer of the Proverbs is saying, um, essentially, Lord, please don't, please don't make me rich because if I'm rich, then I may not realize how much I need you anymore. And please don't make me too poor because if I'm poor, I may profane your name. I just want to be where I, I, I need to be and where I'm comfortable because it's, it's really all about you. And, and he says that these things because he's concerned about his attitude toward God. And he says, I don't ever want to profane your name and I don't ever want to forget how much I need you. And so when you, when you think about that 
picture of keeping God at the center. That's really what Proverbs is all about. And so if we can develop a mindset of we need to keep God first and foremost in everything that we do. And we, we talk about this, this type of thing in here a lot. And I realize how challenging it is. And I realize how impossible it is. I do, because we're, we're flawed human beings living in a, in, a, in a world that we live in. We're not perfect. God knows that too. However, we need to talk about the best case scenario. We need to, to, to strive toward that perfection that Christ puts forth that we're to aim at. And so when we look at how Christ reacts and we look at how he handled things, we look at how he, how he spoke about those who were, who were literally killing him upon the cross. That's the attitude that we are called to have in all situations as we seek God's face constantly. As we look at scripture and say, we should always be continually in, in a state of prayer, right? This, this is our challenge. This is our, our difficulty. And so, yes, when you're faced with that time when you and I are going toe to toe, I, we don't, but I'm just, <laughs> we've, had, we've had so few real, real, real arguments in 30 years of marriage that we're probably due, but. <laughs> but it's 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 uh, it's that moment when you 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 have to have that mindset in advance that I'm not going to let this consume me, and and you're going to fail. It's going to happen. It's not to give us an excuse, but it is going to happen. And so it's important though that we we know where we're called to be and strive to be there. So anger is a human emotion. Without a doubt. So we're all going to have to deal with it. We're all going to have to deal with it. And I guess you can always keep your mouth shut. I don't know. I haven't been able to do that yet. <laughs> <laughs> was, that was that aimed at me, honey? No. <laughs> you can fight. Uh, the rest of y'all can go home now. This is just between me and her now. No. So. <laughs> you all need me you got anything for anger and using a Wagner paint square? Oh. <laughs> well, um, you need you need to keep a few extra need to keep a few extra atomizers around, or extra so, paint sprayers, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does, uh, um, is there one in pieces somewhere around your house? Yeah. <laughs> It's no longer with us. <laughs> well, eventually your pocketbook will feel that pain. Well, the first two were free because they were oh, okay, so laying around. Okay. Yeah, they, they usually work pretty well, so right, maybe it's the, maybe it's the user. No, it's the, yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I refer to my sister a lot because we're such polar opposites, and uh, she gets angry so easy. And um, and I'm I'm she makes fun of how meek I really am, and how I'm always trying to mediate and make everybody happy uh, when issues come up. But she spends so much time being angry and judgmental of people, and she doesn't let it go. She would rather die than ever say she's sorry. 
you know, and she'll actually look down on me for cancer me. But it leads, anger leads to so many other sins. Judgment, judgmental. Um, you know, if more people were actually meek, more meek, we wouldn't have all the wars we have. Our, yeah. our earth wouldn't be in such terrible shape if people really did pay attention to, you know, the meek will inherit the earth. You know, the anger, angry will make you say, I deserve this, and I'm judging you for that. You know, it just at least to so many other Issue. Well, yeah, you know, when you get it, you know, I don't know if you realize that or not back there in the first paragraph where it, what Wearsby said. He said, Satan can work through our angry words and attitudes. And, and he's so right. Because once we let anger get a hold of us and we say things and we do things that we, that we really wish we hadn't done, then our pride kicks in. And our pride won't let us go back and try to fix the problem. And then that makes it so much worse. And through all of that, Satan is sitting over here going, there we go, that's what we want. Stir it up. You Christians, your witness is just falling down one right after the other, and that's what we want to see. Because all these people are standing there looking around going, if, well, if that's how a Christian is, I can behave that way. I don't, I don't need to be a Christian to be, to be angry and be upset at people. You know? So, you know, that's why uh, I, I, the the... the message uh, that I got to do back in, I think it was in November, I talked about how the, how the disciples handled their persecution and how they handled being told what they could and couldn't do in, instead of, you know, they didn't make picket signs and walk around. They, they, didn't, they didn't riot and throw things in the street. They all got together and prayed for God to strengthen them to allow them to do what they were called to do. They just went and prayed. And, and, and while I'm all, I'm, I really am, I'm, I'm all for trying to be involved in things and, and try to make some peaceful statements where they need to be made and, and, I'm, and I'm for voting and all those things. Far too often we take the word of God and we wad it up and we throw it away and we start using worldly methods to try and accomplish our purposes. And when we do that, we take God out of everything. And and, and as, I think as Christians, I mean, I've, I've, I've seen so much anger in the discussions and on the faces of folks that I would call good Christian people in the last three years. I'm not trying to make any political statements, but I think you all know what I mean. That it, it is, it, you know, you just want to say, hey, listen, God's still in control. He's still in control. Let's take this anger, these feelings we've got, and realize that, that, yeah, there's problems here. Let's just start praying about them and not let the anger make us sick anymore. You know? Absolutely. But, but I appreciate that because uh, you're right. Satan works through all those things, and, and it, it, it divides families. It, it divides churches. It creates all sorts of problems. And uh, it breaks Wagner paint sprayers. <laughs> you know, these things happen. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, let's go into uh, verses 9 and 10 here. It says, argue, argue your case with your neighbor himself and do not reveal another secret, lest he who hears you bring shame upon you and your ill repute have no end. Let's look at how Wearsby breaks this down. He says, our first desire is to tell the world and get everybody on our side. 
But the Bible counsels us, counsels us just the opposite. Talk to the person alone and do not allow others to interfere. This is what Jesus commanded in Matthew 18, 15 through 17. And if this policy were followed by families and churches, there would be fewer fights and splits. It's sad when professing Christians tell everybody but the one involved. Certainly it takes courage and Christian love to talk over a difference with a brother or sister, but this is the way to grow spiritually and to glorify Christ. Perhaps the matter cannot be settled by you two. Then ask two or three spiritual people to assist you. If this fails, then the church must step in and the party, if the party refuses to hear the church, he or she must be disciplined. As much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men, says Romans 12, 18. Unfortunately, there may be some people we cannot live with peaceably because they will not obey God's word. So let's think about what he says here at the very beginning. And let's look at the, the verse again. 9 and 10 says, argue your case with your neighbor himself and do not reveal another secret. So let's talk about who is your neighbor everybody right so if you have an issue with another person and you want to talk about it or you need to talk about it go to them directly the proverbs is telling us here that we have this this tendency to go and plead our case to the public we have a tendency to call a call a friend call other people and say you know what so and so did and we start trying to drum up support on our side. We want to feel better about the situation and, and, and validate our stance. Because when people, are, when people agree with you, you feel validated. And the, one of the problems with that is they don't hear the other side of the story. Maybe you're both wrong. Happens. And pride, pride gets in the way. So scripture is telling us you need to go and talk it over with that person themselves and try to reach an agreement and not go off and just blab it everywhere in, a, in an effort to try and smear the other person or try to get people on your side to make you feel better about things. And, and, and I mean, is scripture wrong here? Do we have that tendency to, to go, I can't wait to tell so-and-so what happened to me today and who, and who wronged me? You know, I've got I've got to get I've, I've got to get on the phone and tell people about what so and so did to me today. Yes, yeah, you keep a list, right? Yes. Yeah, I've got a spread I've got a spreadsheet with your name in it, Jimmy. You know, yes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, but that goes along, does it not, with how we handle situations that make us angry? This all this all goes together in the same pot that. If we make the decision and understand that scripture tells us how to handle these, these situations with our neighbor, perhaps when we get angry with our neighbor, we will sit down and have a conversation with them as opposed to doing knee-jerk reactions like running around and spreading the, the word around to other folks. Any more comments there? <clears throat> I think if somebody were mad at you, you would rather them tell you than just them be, you know, hiding that or just stewing about it or stewing about it, not telling you. You know, it's better than actually 
it's easier said than done, though. It, you know, it, 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 it is. It is. I mean, well, I definitely would rather have somebody tell me that they're upset with me for something I've done, especially if I didn't know I did it. Um, which you know, and, and I and I, I will I will promise you, I will I will tell you one hundred percent. Teaching Sunday school for I don't know what's it been, 12, 13 years or, or more now, and, and occasionally having the opportunity to preach, uh, I have offended people and not know that I've done it. And I, I admire the folks who come up and talk to me after a message and say, yeah, I mean, it happened, it happened, uh, it happened uh, once a, a couple years ago where after the message, somebody came up and sat down with me and said, you know, after you said what you said in the first couple of sentences, I didn't hear another word you said the rest of the message because you made me so mad. And I said, well, let's talk about it. And, and we did. And you know what? I, I understood their point of view. I, I, it, I didn't necessarily agree with it, but I understood it. And were it to do over, I would have delivered that message differently. Because I do wonder who else heard it the same way. It wasn't how I meant it, but it was how it was taken. And, and it's easy to, to offend someone unintentionally, have them angry at you, and have them go off, like, like you said, and not say something to you. I would much rather have someone come talk to me because it's never my intent to make anybody upset or, or angry. But it can happen. It can happen. Dale makes me mad about once a week. <laughs> and maybe once a month. Maybe. <laughs> and he calls me about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the worst places to be in, in one of these situations is being caught in the middle. Yeah. You're not going to get no sympathy from either side. No, you're not. It's just... You're on an island by yourself. Yep, you are correct. Yeah. <laughs> and I hate to admit it, but I've been there. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like having. Uh, well, if you are if you are a person who is friends with a couple that is married, and they are both literally, legitimately, there's the word, your friends, and things go south in that relationship, and they both turn to you and start talking to you and sharing with you and they both want you to be on their side you can't win no. all you can do is smile and not a lot yeah I have I have been in that situation I entered a, a situation one time with a mother and a teenage daughter and they were just hot at each other and I was going to apply the voice of reason <laughs> <laughs> And you've never seen two women turn their anger from each other to little old me. <laughs> well, it's like the general rule. Never get involved in a fight between two brothers. They will both turn on you, beat you to death, and then turn around and keep fighting each other. That's the way it works. <laughs> I don't mean that literally, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. I think we've got time to go through go through one more point here and then we can save the rest for for next week uh, let's go down to verse 11 through 14. a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in the setting of, a, of silver like a gold ring or an ornament of gold is a wise reprover to a listening ear 
Like the cold of snow in the time of harvest is a faithful messenger to those who send him. He refreshes the soul of his masters. Like clouds and wind without rain is a man who boasts of a gift he does not give. Let's see what Wiersbe has to say about that. He says, words are not just sounds that we hear. They are living, powerful realities that can either help or harm. In Proverbs 25, 18, Solomon compares lies to three weapons, a battle axe, a sword, and an arrow. But in verses 11 through 14, he states that words can also be lovely fruit, apples of gold or citrons or, or oranges, beautiful ornaments and refreshing cold water from the mountain snows. In dealing with a matter, we must use the right words and present them in the right way. Our words must be fitly spoken, arranged like lovely fruit in a silver basket. Proverbs 19.11 states that discretion or prudence will cause people to hold their anger. Only a fool utters all his mind. Wise people ponder what they will say, how they will say it, and when they will say it. There's some more references there. Proverbs 15.23 says, of course, this spiritual wisdom must come from God. So we're getting back to the core of it all. We're getting right back to the to, to the really the, the whole point of everything here. If you remember what we read a few several weeks ago in James 1:5, when James tells us that God gives freely wisdom to those who come and ask for it. Okay. But it's something that we should be praying for. And I'll go back to Tim Wolcher again. When he says, Lord, you know how dumb I am, he's asking for wisdom. He's asking for God to grant him the wisdom that he needs to make the right choices at the right time. And that's really what what Wiersbe's kind of breaking down here um, when we talk about words being used in the right way. Words have so much power, and in this, this all kind of ties this, this in a bow, I think, tonight for what we were talking about at the very beginning. Words, when they are used in anger, can hurt deeply, can emotionally hurt. They can cause additional anger. They, they can make us feel guilty. They can make us sick. There's so much that bad that can come from it. Satan can work through it, and then our pride won't let us go back and fix it. And so... A lot of what is being being said here in those last verses is it's up to us to go to God in prayer, to ask him for wisdom, and to really consider the words that we're going to use in every situation. Because what a person hears can calm their anger, it can, man, I can't speak tonight for nothing. My mom would say I can't explain for spluttering. But it'll, it'll calm their anger or it will, it will perhaps rile them up further. And so it's one of those things where when you look, look at how this is framed, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. I mean, this is a very, <coughs> a very proper, a very, a very um, just a wonderful arrangement, a pleasing thing to see like a gold ring or an ornament of gold is a wise reprover to a listening ear. 
And it, it puts together these things here throughout these verses that, that leads us to believe that if we take the time and we really seek the right words to use in the right way, there will be a positive outcome. But I say that this all depends on our attitude. This all depends on our wisdom to be able to approach a situation the right way. So it goes back to everything we've been talking about, about patience and about anger and how we handle things. And all of that comes from God. That wisdom to be able to accomplish this comes from God. So we, we, we keep coming full circle here that our number one thing that we are called to do is to pray. Our number one thing that we are called to do is to, to turn to God for the guidance that we need in order to accomplish what we need to accomplish. And we're finished. No. <laughs> Comments? As, oh, please. Go. <laughs> As I say, you mentioned um, that in church the other day, how you and I both came forward. I found that that was the time, or maybe another time after that, we came back in the back of Dave knee camp was back there and he was in the back in this sanctuary he was standing back there and I came through and he said the one thing you need to do is I think he said read your Bible read your Bible read your Bible and he said that's what you need to do like because if you don't you don't know what God says if you don't read it and if you read it then you hopefully be more prepared Staying God's word, which is really the basics are always are always they're found they're foundational, you know. Yeah, you're right. I like that. I don't remember him saying that, but but uh, but he would have said that. Yeah, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible, without a doubt. Yeah. The last few verses there, as you know, as we as I was listening. Uh, an angry word can do so much damage, but a word well spoken can do so much good, so much more. Good. So much more good. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's no question. The, the, the way that a, a word rightly spoken, or as, as this says here, fitly spoken, um, can do, can it can do so much for a person, so much for a relationship, so much for so much. Uh, it's. It's something that we should remember, and uh, I think it's uh, that's something we can take with us uh, as we uh, de depart from here today or this evening, and uh, we'll we can pick back up and talk about uh, uh, gentleness and kindness and self-control next week, and go to continue going down through Proverbs 25 here, and uh, read the rest of Proverbs 25, and if you if you keep these notes, I'll bring a few extra. Uh, next week, but if you want to keep these and read through them, then we can have a be, be prepared for a discussion next week. So, in other words, I will expect you to talk. That didn't work well, did it? No, <laughs> nobody cares. You give us home. Yeah, I give you <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for being here tonight. I do appreciate it. Thanks for the discussion, and we will stop and wrap it up. Uh, let's have a word prayer.
Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for this evening, and thank you for those who were able to be here tonight, Lord. We thank you for our for our fellowship and our time together, and uh, Lord, we just thank you for allowing us to, to draw nearer and dearer to you and understand more about what it is that you would have us do, Lord, through your words and Proverbs. Uh, Father, as we depart from here and uh, enter into the business meeting, Lord, we just... Uh, 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 just look forward to uh, uh, being able to conduct the business of this church. And Father, we just uh, look forward to all the things that you have in store for us. Lord, help us to remember these words as we embark upon our daily activities and bring us back here Sunday, Lord, so that uh, we can worship you together here at this church. And thank you again for all you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.